Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. Do you know that feeling when you wake up and you know that today you're going on vacation or today you're going on some trip that you have been waiting for and excited about for a long time? That's kind of how I feel today on Revival from the Bible when we start our 22-day journey through Psalm 119. Now, you might know some things about Psalm 119, kind of more at the uh, academic or even the trivia level. You might know that it is uh, the longest psalm in the Bible. You might also even know that it is an acrostic poem, right? That each uh, part of the psalm, it's divided into 22 different parts, and each part starts with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters and each uh, section of the psalm has eight verses. And within each of those sections, each verse starts with that letter. So for instance, today, when we're reading Psalm 119, verse verses one through eight, you'll even see in your Bible, it will say Aleph. Well, that's the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And every verse in that section in Hebrew begins with the letter Aleph. And so the whole psalm is written that way. So you may have known some of those things, that it's the longest psalm, that it's an acrostic poem, and each of the sections, each verse starts with a different Hebrew letter. And those things are all interesting. And on some level, we have to step back and say, this is a pretty masterful uh, work of literature to put together a poem like this. That's pretty impressive, just even at that literary level. But I want us to get past the scholarly level, past the Bible trivia level, past the literature level, and dive into what this psalm is all about. And really, this psalm is all about the Word of God. That's the theme of it throughout these 22 sections, really the Word of God and how we should respond to it. And I want us to see from the very beginning, this psalmist, and People, again, have their theories, but we don't know quite for sure who wrote this psalm. Um, From the beginning, though, it's clear that the psalmist, he wants us, when it comes to the Bible, to get past just the scholarly level or the trivia level or the literary level. And that there is something more from God's word that he wants us to understand and he wants us to see. Let's just look at how this psalm, this majestic psalm, this masterpiece of scripture begins. It says this, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept Diligently, oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. 
I praise you with an upright, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. And so there, even just in that first section, you clearly see that God's word is not just something that we should know. God's word is not just something that we should uh, think about or read. God's word is something really that we need to do. Uh, We need to appreciate God's word. And the goal is that we do what it says. And you see that right from the beginning of this psalm. Verse one, blessed are those whose way is blameless. The point of even revival from the Bible and us getting into God's word every day is that our way might be blameless, that it would impact the way that we live. And as we see what we see in the Bible, we want to embrace it with a whole heart. We don't want to look at what the Bible says and say, yeah, kind of, I don't know. No, we want to embrace it with a whole heart. And as verse three says, also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. And then verse four makes it so clear. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. So part of the beauty of God's word is not just in knowing it, it is in keeping it. And that is something I want all of us to acknowledge today. And even just as we begin this journey, that'll take 22 days as we just break it down one section at a time going through uh, Psalms. It's actually interesting how it broke down when we kind of came up with this reading plan and tried to divide the Psalms up over the year. It was like, well, you're going to need to average about eight verses a day in Psalms. Well, that works out perfect for Psalm 119. And we'll take each of these sections one at a time. But as we get started, I want you to spend some time just asking God to open up your heart. And that as you see about God's word, you would say, God, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Would you make that your prayer today? Would you come before God and say, God, if there's one thing I could have, God, would you let me and help me to be steadfast in keeping your statutes? Lord, that's what I want. And that's what I want you to help me do as we go through Psalm 119 together. And there's a voice besides mine that you will be uh, hearing a lot of probably as we go through Psalm 119. If you don't have uh, the treasury of David, it's a set really of commentaries by Charles Spurgeon on Psalms. And you can even find, I think, some free uh, electronic versions of that online. That's a great resource to have. Uh, But going through some of his comments on Psalm 119 is is gold. And so you'll probably be uh, hearing a bit of just quotes from him as we go through Psalm 119. And as you get to verse 7, when the psalmist says, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. Spurgeon says this, uh, he says, be sure that he who prays for holiness will one day praise for happiness. So when you pray for holiness and God grants that request, eventually you're going to praise him for happiness. And that's something the world wants to separate, separate holiness from happiness. Oh, those are opposite things. God puts them together. And I hope that's something we see as well as we go through Psalm 119, that the path that God's word shows us towards holiness uh, is the path to real delight and real happiness. And I hope it's a great time for you going through this psalm over these next few weeks. Now, 
As we're going to see so clearly in that psalm, the psalmist loves God's word, but it's not about some religious show. It's not about going through the motions. He really loves it. And there really is no value in just going through the motions uh, of the Christian life or going through the motions of religion or anything like that. And we're going to see that very clearly in Jeremiah 6 and 7. And here we're going to clearly see the emptiness and even the danger of dead religion or religion that's not faithfully proclaiming what God says in his word. And as we start off really in chapter six, where it's talking about judgment that is going to come for Jerusalem. And one of the things that frustrates God clearly here is that his prophets and the priests, those that should be the religious leaders are not doing the right thing. And it says in verse 14, they have healed the wound of my people lightly saying peace, peace when there is no peace. That those religious leaders were making light really of the sad situation that the people were in. And they were saying peace, peace when they should have really been preaching a message of judgment and preaching a message of warning. But in the empty shell of this religion where their hearts weren't in it, and they were mixing it with all other kinds of sin. We really see that in uh, chapter 7. And this might help you understand some of what's going on here. Uh, look at verse 4, where God instructs the, really says through the prophet, do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Uh, what are they saying? Well, hey, Jerusalem is not going to be overrun because we've got the temple here. But God says, for if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. But he's saying, you're not actually doing what God has told you to do. If you turn and repent and do that, then I will protect you. But the presence of the temple is not going to protect you. And eventually uh, God invites them to look at Shiloh and what is there. And well, what used to be there at one point was the tabernacle. But uh, now Shiloh had been destroyed. Shiloh was not protected just because the tabernacle was there. And even to this day, you can go to Shiloh and it's pretty much an empty field. You can even kind of still tell where the tabernacle would have been, but there's nothing but ruins left. Just the presence of empty religion did no good. And so as we consider our relationship with God's word, uh, just the, the presence of God's word in our lives or just reading the Bible, just for the sake of reading a Bi- the Bible, that's not going to really do us anything if we're not really invested and embracing it with a whole heart. And we need to make clear, you can't embrace what the Bible says. The Bible, uh, we, we do need to keep its commandments diligently, but why, even as we were reminded yesterday, not to earn our salvation. And really so much of scripture, the, the central focus of it is really setting us up for the Messiah, the Redeemer, and it's in him that we trust. And it's only with his spirit in us that we can embrace his commandments and seek to really live them out with a whole heart. And we see a bit of just how all the scripture points to Jesus as we continue in John today, John 1, 35 through 51. 
And as we uh, look at these passages, uh, again, you see uh, John saying, behold, the Lamb of God. And some of his disciples are now going to follow uh, Jesus. And we see Andrew and Simon Peter following Jesus. But look at what Andrew says when he goes and gets his brother, Simon. He says, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And then later, we see Jesus calling Philip, and Philip goes and finds Nathanael. And look at what he says when he goes and gets Nathanael. In verse 45, he says, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So even as we get get into Psalm 119, and we take seriously things that it says that we should Uh, keep his precepts diligently. Uh, May we not forget and may we even see this is the reason why we want to do all those things is because all of scripture points us to Christ. And what we want to do is pursue Christ. He is our savior. He is our Lord. And he is the one who is calling us to himself. And how now he's instructing us to live is through his word. But it all really It goes to him, comes from him, and that's a good reminder uh, from the Gospel of John for us today. We also finish the book of Hebrews today with Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17 through 25. And I just want to focus on one of the things he says at the end, a prayer. May it be a good prayer for us, even as we continue to seek to dig into God's word, to follow Christ, our Savior, and to dig into the treasure of his word in Psalm 119. Uh, Hebrews 13, starting in verse 20, verses 20 and 21, say, Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I hope that's a great prayer that ties together even so much of what we've seen from Psalm 119 and from John 1 today uh, that We would praise God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and that we may do everything good and do His will so we might please our Savior, Jesus. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.